League lovers, it's Friday afternoon. We can't wait for round 23 action in the NRL. Zach Bailey joined by Dan Walsh for another Friday footy news fix. Uh, Dan cannot wait for the footy this weekend. We love this time of the year. And I love all the talk about a certain Englishman at the moment. Uh, He heads today's news. Luke Thompson is the number one English target in the game, despite being contracted with the Bulldogs until 2020. 23. What is going on in Canterbury? <laughs> G'day, Zach. Uh, mate, yeah, there's a bit going on. Uh, oh, mate, I had the exact same reaction when I when this story first came to light, uh, you know, about 48 hours ago. Uh, essentially, Luke Thompson, they're not trying to force him out per se, and he doesn't necessarily want to leave. There's no, you know, terrible ill will between him and Trey Parrott or anything. It's more a case of Phil Gould's got into the place, run his eyes over the books and said, the salary cap is a bit out of whack still. And that's been the case at Canterbury for so long. And so that sets alarm bells ringing, of course. Um, And basically the state of play is if... So Luke is on about, from what I understand, about $850,000 a year, which is... Crazy money. Crazy money, Dan. It's top... Top tier front rower, isn't it? And he's been great for for the past six months. His first six months here, a little bit underwhelming as he dealt with homesickness and a few other things, big suspension. But I think most anyone will agree, Luke Thompson's not in you know the top three or four front rowers in the game, which is what that money is. So Canterbury's trying to realign that a bit, and if there is a chance for another club to come in. Uh, they won't stand in the way. And that's kind of where it progresses to Luke could uh, shore up his future a little bit more, which is where his manager is working at. And yeah, the Bulldogs, they're well and truly open to it, even if it means paying a bit of freight to uh, to move him on and ease up that salary cap a little bit more. Okay, so the Bulldogs were in a desperate situation last year. They thought, let's get this Luke Thompson guy from England over to the club He's going to be a great player for us for the next three or four years. He's going to set the foundation, the platform in the middle that we need. We've got to pay overs for him to get him here. And then 18 months, two years on, they sit there and go, hang on a minute, we can't afford him. He hasn't been playing his best footy and he's only warming up in his NRL journey. And now another club's going to benefit from it. It's... Uh, the state of a club at the bottom of the ladder, mate. There's uh, there's a reason. It's different administrations. There's a reason Phil Gould's come in. He knows this stuff as well as anyone. And, yeah, that's essentially what they've arrived at. Uh, there's Like I said, there's still very there's still a bit of water to go under the bridge here. There'll be figures tossed back and forth between clubs. But uh, early on, in early states, we've seen the Tigers. That's They're probably still the favourites at this stage. Uh, it's not dissimilar to uh, the Dale Finucane situation a couple of years ago. Uh, sorry, a couple of years. Jeez, time flies. <laughs> a couple, <laughs> couple of, of months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so, you know, teams that are looking to shore up that middle and Luke Thompson, he's effectively suited to this, the new six again. He's got fast leg speed, great motor. Uh, professionalism is highly rated at Belmore, but for them, he's just on too much money. So, uh, teams that were looking at Dale, such as the Dragons, the Cowboys, Tigers, uh, he fits a similar mould. And yeah, the Tigers and the Cowboys are the two that are being linked at the moment. And the Tigers, I'd say, are the front runners. Uh, Madge was asked about him today on Friday. 
didn't he played a very dead bat, but he also didn't knock it back. And as I understand it, uh, there's been a meeting between the two. They've felt it out there. And yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. I don't believe there's an offer on the table as yet, but it doesn't take long for that to happen. And yeah, it. I, do, I think we'll see Luke Thompson on the move before next by the time next season starts off. But where to? I think the Tigers are in front, but uh, who knows at this stage as well. There could be, yeah, like I said, more movement, more clubs coming in as this thing progresses. I got too excited off the top, Dan, with this whole Luke Thompson chat to uh, say that we're recording this at 2.30pm on Friday and we know how quickly the NRL transfer market is working and contract talk ahead of next year. Uh, speaking of Moses Embai, he's off to the Dragons next year. You just mentioned the Tigers. Uh, how much room does he free up for the Tigers in potentially attracting another player or two to the club? Yeah, so Moses' move, uh, I believe they've split the a, a contract worth more than $800,000. The clubs, I think they're splitting that down the middle. So uh, the Tigers pay a little bit more than half, but uh, that still frees up about four hundred or so for them. And uh, like I said, with a guy like Luke Thompson, Canterbury would be willing to chip in uh, you know, a six-figure sum. So the reason that sweetens the deal for the Tigers, obviously, because they're working out their own salary cap issues of previous years where they've been big back-ended contracts. Uh, there's an attraction there to be getting someone at potentially lower value. Uh, sorry, more value for money is probably the correct term there. But And that's the direction the Tigers want to take their, their salary cap in, understandably, because when you've been burnt, you don't put your put your hand back into the fire, do you? Uh, and where they're looking for, where they're looking to shore up is in that front row position. They'd like an experienced middle to probably succeed James Tarmo. They're expecting that they're, they're not sure where he'll go in a year's time, but Tarmo's obviously been around for a long time, approaching the back end of his career. And then also some uh, a strike weapon out wide, but they're happy to sit and wait for the market to toss that up in the meantime. Yeah, so they've got some great young middles, Zane Musgrove, Sean Bloor, Stefano Utui, Kamanu. Uh, so no doubt another middle in the, uh, there for the Tigers will help. Uh, tough week for Newcastle. Uh, we all thought Connor Watson would be remaining there given he was offered a three-year deal. He's off to the Roosters on a two-year deal. It's reportedly less than what the Knights offered him. How shocked and surprised were you when this news came through? Yeah, well, we've spoken about this a bit. You've tried to pin me down on where he would go uh, over a couple of podcasts. You have, you have. Fair play. And, uh, yeah, the thing was, though, Connor didn't know until well and truly down the track, until uh, they played last week on the Sunday. Both parties were hoping for an answer by Friday, but delayed that and pushed it out as he was still weighing it up. So I think in a little bit, even Connor this week said he was surprised that he'd made the move. Uh, in terms of knocking back the extra year, extra security at the Knights, but obviously he believes his, his best footy is ahead of him at Newcastle. Uh, he spoke about putting himself out of a comfort zone that he feels he's kind of slipped into a little bit at Newcastle. And yeah, under you can't really begrudge a bloke from thinking he's going to play his best footy under Trent Robinson because uh, he could, yeah, jump in the queue. There's plenty who have done it. So yeah, it's a really interesting move for Connor and one to watch over the next, uh, what is it? Yeah, two years. Yep. And uh, do you know where the Knights will use the money left behind from Connor Watson for the next three years? 
Yeah, it's an interesting one in terms of, and probably still a little bit early doors for them, uh, and they're watching the player market. But I believe they're an edge back rower is on their hit list. I couldn't give you a name at this point, and I wouldn't want to, but I think an edge back rower and shoring up another middle forward potentially, just with uh, Josh King heading down to Melbourne next year, that was confirmed this week. So, yeah, I think they'll look to reinforce their stocks in up front. Won't be a huge name or anything like that because... They've got some huge names there already. But, yeah, that's where I can see the Knights heading to probably over the off-season rather than anything immediately. Okay, so Connor Watson's move to the Roosters next year has left one man in Newcastle absolutely heartbroken. His housemate, his business partner, the absolute gun fullback for the Knights. His name's Caelan Ponger, if you've heard of him, Dan. It's funny, as soon as Connor signed with the Roosters, there was talk about Caelan following him to the Roosters... We asked him about that move today and all that talk and also about some clauses in his contract moving forward. I don't know if you've heard any of it, but as soon as Connor, given how close you are, signed with the Roosters, there was a lot of chat around that you might be following him down uh, to the Bondi Club. Uh, what do you say to all that talk? Nah, that's um, that's definitely not happening. Um, yeah, the, the dream of winning a comp here is it, I've still got that dream and that want. So. There was a report today about your contract, which seems to happen quite a bit when it comes to you that you have a grand final clause um, in your contract do you want to just clarify that um, is there any truth to it um I don't know I don't know um I know that I'm I, I want to win a comp here um so yeah like I know me and Connor do everything together but unfortunately we won't be doing this together um yeah he's going down there and I'm staying here and I'm going to work hard and I, I'd like to like we can still win a comp this year there's no doubt about it um, but then onwards, yeah, that's still the dream. So, Dan, uh, Kalen is adamant he's not going anywhere. His dream is to win a premiership with the Knights. He still believes he can do that this year with his best mate, Connor Watson. Are you confident Kalen Ponga will be a Knight beyond the end of 2022? Uh, well, at this point, I'll take Kalen at his word. If he says he's going to be there for the duration, I'll take him at that. Uh, Obviously, strange things have happened, but if he wants to win a premiership at Newcastle, I don't see it happening in the next two years. So I think he's got to stay there longer to make it happen. And it really is, it goes without saying, it's on its on Kalen as much as anyone, probably more than anyone. So uh, yeah, I'll back him at the moment to stay put. But yeah, it's an interesting one that's it's not going to go away anytime soon, that. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, one thing I loved about Thursday night footy, the storm against the Titans, was uh, watching the son of a gun, Jaden Campbell, scoring a double against the best team in the competition, the Melbourne Storm. I believe he was on a, a development contract this year and next, but given his performances, are there any clubs wanting to sign Jaden Campbell? Uh, Zach, if there are, they're, they've already missed the boat. Uh, the Titans have moved quickly to extend Jaden out. It hasn't been announced yet, but it's, uh, yeah, that one's done and it'll be a, a two-year deal on top of that for Jaden. So he'll be there for until the end of 2024 which is just great news. I think for everyone, and you don't have to be a Titans fan to enjoy that storyline. Preston Campbell, one of my absolute favourites. I got to have a beer once with him and it's still right up there in the in the career highlights for me. Um, and so, yeah, seeing... And just, yeah, it's always fun to see a kid play like he's still in the backyard. And that's what we saw on, on Thursday night against the Storm. So, yeah, Jaden will be calling the Gold Coast his backyard for a while longer yet. Yeah, big news. Uh, two more years for Jaden Campbell. Just speaking of Preston, 
I was lucky enough to be hosting a Q and A at the one of the All Stars events uh, in February up in Townsville, and I I was sitting there with JT and Preston and a couple of the other guys, Tyron Roberts, and I said, Preston, uh, how good is it? Exciting news! Your young bloke, Jaden Campbell, has been named in his first NRL trial this afternoon uh, for the Gold Coast Titans, and Preston goes, Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> But I hope and no doubt his dad is following his career a little bit closer now, given how good he's been at NRL level. Uh, I guess the big thing is for Justin Holbrook, their coach moving forward, is how to get AJ Brimson, how to get Jaden Campbell, how to get Sexton into the Titans 17 somewhere uh, moving forward, given how exciting they are. Uh, the big question, there's a big bit of an elephant in the room, I guess, for the Titans. What does this mean for someone like Ash Taylor, who's on a big money deal, but he's also off contract come November 1. Yeah, it is. It's a big question. And it's uh, it kind of ties into, you know, the Gold Coast have said for a long time, we want to hang on to our local juniors. We want to develop that. They are. That's where it is. But the irony is Ash Taylor was one of the original local juniors. And I, I can't see him staying now that this is developing a little bit more. Uh, Ash is, yeah, he's well and truly aware he's facing a pay cut down to about a quarter of that million-dollar salary that was touted so much. Uh, the Titans haven't ruled out trying to keep him, but if I'm Ash Taylor, I'm probably moving on and thinking I can crack a starting spot elsewhere uh, because at this stage, I can't see where he lands it in that Titan spine that's developing so quickly at the moment. Mm. Well, hopefully, given he's back playing... I guess as long as he's injury-free and hopefully he plays some good footy, which gets him another NRL contract because I still feel like he's got something to offer in the NRL. Um, when, you, when you think about the, the Maroons uh, series defeat earlier this year, there's one name that kind of stood out, especially in the first two games, and Mo Fodawaka, uh, he was Queensland's best. He's not off contract until the end of next year, but you're telling me that he's a wanted man up north, Dan. Yeah, well, not just up north either. Uh, when we were talking about Luke Thompson and being one of the elite props in the game, Mo Fod- or you know, not being in that echelon, Mo Fodawaka is really pushing his way up there, probably surprising to a few as well, but you can't fault the form. He's been fantastic and he's he's been consistent, which is the big thing in terms of the Titans. They've been up and down all year, but Mo's had a fantastic year and so... Yeah, he is on contract for next year, but as of November 1, can officially field offers. The Titans, they know that. They're well and truly aware, and they've started extension talks with Mo. Uh, I think the fir- I believe the first offer is probably a little bit short of what he and his, he and his camp are expecting, so that'll still keep going on. But I, I expect the Gold Coast to keep, keep a hold of him, but uh, they're going to have to pay for him because the bloke is playing out of his skin and he's really probably moving up into the next bracket of front rowers in this next contract cycle. So I think Mo wants what I understand. Mo's preference is to stay on the Gold Coast. He's a local junior. They're building something up there. There's some great names coming through and coming together under Holbrook, but it will cost them to keep him. I guess a real tough challenge, Dan, for the Titans is they've already got some really good forwards and some middles that are on good money. The likes of Dave Fafita, the highest paid forward in the game. He's playing on an edge, been playing off the bench and starting depending on what week. Uh, Tino Fasua Ma'alawi, one of the one of those elite middles that use that echelon, you know, he's right up there. And then Mo Fodawaker, if he demands even more cash, that's three really good forwards, but on three really big contracts moving forward. 
Yeah, that's it, mate. And um, don't forget uh, Isaac Liu's coming up from the Roosters. That's, I understand it to be a bit of a payday deal for him to return to the Gold Coast. So I think something's got to break there at some point. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah, I expect some movement in and around that Titans forward pack before the start of next season. And yeah, it'll be one to watch, absolutely. Okay, well, something that I really enjoyed watching this week was the war of words between the Warriors and the Broncos. Kevy Walters, he said, Reefs Walsh, of course, we, we made him who he is. He can come back anytime. He's welcome back in Brisbane whenever. Cameron George, we know the Warriors CEO. He loves shooting he loves people a, down. He loves a fire he back. Loves he? It. Yeah. he loves a fire back. And Love then, can for it. Yeah. Oh, if Kevy comes back, he'll be, he'll already have a statement ready. He'll be on the front foot ready to go again. So bring, bring on the bouncers. I'm ready for them. Anyway, <laughs> Reese Walsh is signed with the Warriors until the end of 2023. He has a player option in his favour until the end of 2024. Come on, Dan. Surely we're not talking about the future of Reese Walsh going back to Brisbane right now. Uh, well, we, we we are. Yeah, that's the new cycle at the moment. I Personally, I don't agree with it. I think we can find other things to talk about. But Brisbane, you can't blame them for trying and you can't blame them for planning because he, as Cam pointed out, he never should have left Brisbane. If they, was, if they had their house in order, Reese Walsh would still be a Bronco and they're, they're looking to fix that. That's the long and short of it. They've got to play the long game on this one, though, because if you're the Warriors, you are not hell or high water. You are not conceding an early release or anything like that. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a slow Newsweek story, but also it will be one that Brisbane go. Uh, you can put Sam Walker in the same boat as well. They'd be looking at those two guys and how they're playing this year and going, why are they not at the Broncos? And, yeah, they'll look to fix that in coming years. Thing is, though, it'll take coming years. So maybe for all those heartbroken Broncos fans out there that have been doing it tough the last couple of years, you're saying that maybe a Walker-Walsh combination isn't too far away, maybe in five or six years. I think Nick Politis might have just a bit to say about that one. But yeah, that's in an ideal Bronco world, yeah, that's what we'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, we're almost ready to wrap it up here. But before I let you go, Dan, Walsh's words of wisdom, uh, what's going to happen in your little crystal ball when you look into it in terms of player contract and movement? Yeah, uh, mate, I'm down in the nation's capital is where we'll go for this one. I think we'll see some movement on Curtis Scott's future in, in if not next week, uh, in the next two weeks. So Curtis fronted the board uh, of the Raiders on Wednesday, basically asked us to give a show cause notice as to why he shouldn't be sanctioned further for an assault charge that's come up against him. He's, uh, he hasn't played for a fair while. He's not part of the Raiders bubble. There's a lot of, lot of movement around Curtis's future that's being looked at and worked through at the moment. I'd be surprised if he's still at the Raiders uh, by, by the start of next year. I think there'll be a movement on that front. And uh, it's interesting in terms of you know, Jerry Croker. There's also doubts about how long he can keep playing. Yeah. They've got some great young guys coming through. There's movement in Sticky's back line. Okay. Um... Best of luck to Curtis, wherever his future is. Best of luck to the Raiders. Best of luck to you, Dan Walsh, as you sit back and enjoy the footy across the weekend. I cannot wait. Yeah. I don't think I need luck, Zach. It's 2.40 on a Friday afternoon. Home straight, baby. 2.40. You've done two and a half hours of overtime this Friday, so I better let you go. I hope all of the hell, uh, league lovers out there have enjoyed this 
week's Friday footy news fix. Stay safe. Enjoy the footy this weekend. We'll be back for more next week.